You're here to listen, and I'm here to talk. This is Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason. It's time for the world to humble itself. Let's get down and pray. Repent of our wicked ways. Pestilence has swept the land. The coronavirus. It's time to put on your medical mask. It's time to put on your hockey mask. Sanitize yourself. Quarantine yourself. I'll just tell you this. The end is not now. But it is near. So what are we going to do as the church? I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to lift up our heads. All of this is a reminder that our redemption draws nigh. We're going to lay hands on the sick, and they're going to recover. We're going to call for the elders to pray. They're going to anoint us with oil, and the prayer of faith is going to save the sick. I'm telling you right now, this virus will come to an end. Hello to all of you amazing podcast recipients. You know what I have found out in podcasting? Podcast listeners are loyal. They're smart, and they are absolutely delightful. So I'd like for you and I to stay connected please consider subscribing and giving a great review and rating of this podcast. Also, follow me on Facebook pages, Instagram, and Twitter at Justin C. Gleason. That is at J-U-S-T-I-N-C-G-L-E-A-S-O-N. This generation is looking for great reception to the voice of God. SSWJG is the network to join. Do you feel like every day is a bad day? No productivity. You can't make decisions. You have no initiative. No imagination. You don't care about your work at home. Everything in life seems like a total waste of energy. The majority of your day is spent on tasks that you find to be dull and overwhelming. You feel like nothing you do makes a difference or is appreciated. You think you're a failure and always have self-doubt. You feel helpless, trapped, defeated. You feel detached, all alone in this world. You have a complete loss of motivation. You're increasingly cynical, and you have a negative outlook on everything. Decreased satisfaction, no sense of accomplishment. You're withdrawing from your responsibilities, isolating yourself from others, procrastinating, taking longer to get things done, and you're taking out your frustrations on others especially the people that care and love for you the most. If you have these signs, you may have what this world calls burnout. But I'll tell you this, as a teacher and preacher of the Word of God, Christians do not let ourselves fall to any of those things. You want to know why? Because we believe that God is good. We believe because God is good and He is the creator of life, That life is good. Life is a blessing. Every good gift comes from God. It comes from up above. Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. We love our spouse. We love the companion God gave to us. We love our children. We love our church. We love our pastor. We work hard and we mind our own business. We cast all of our cares upon God because he cares for us. When our hearts get overwhelmed, we go to the rock, the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not anxious for anything, 
but in everything we give thanks. We are the people that believes that all things work together for the good for them that love God and are called according to his purpose. We don't burn out because God continually burns within us. We believe that our existence is a wonderful thing. If you're suffering from natural earthly burnout, usually a good vacation can help you recover from that. Taking some time off, maybe devoting personal time, just getting away and resting yourself for a while, sometimes just changing your diet, sleeping more, sometimes getting rid of negative influences in your life, eliminating toxic personalities out of your life, watching less TV, reading good books, live soberly, get off some of that medication that's making you go crazy. Doing things like that can really, really help the fire to stay alive in your mind and heart. I'm not talking about the earthly type of burnout, but today we're talking about the spiritual burnout. What is spiritual burnout? I define it as the decrease of fulfilling the plan, will, and mission of God. Spiritual burnout is the decrease of fulfilling the plan, will, and mission of God. I'm going to read to you from the book of Jeremiah, chapter number 20. Jeremiah says, O Lord, you induced me, and I was persuaded. You are stronger than I, and have prevailed. I am in derision daily. Everyone mocks me. For when I spoke, I cried out. I shouted, violence and plunder, because the word of the Lord was made to me, a reproach and a derision daily. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor will I speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire, shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. For I heard many mocking, fear on every side. Report, they say, and we will report it. All my acquaintances watched for my stumbling, saying, Perhaps he can be induced. Then we will prevail against him, and we will take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me as a mighty awesome one. Therefore my persecutors will stumble and will not prevail. They will be greatly ashamed, for they will not prosper. Their everlasting confusion will never be forgotten. But, O Lord of hosts, you who test the righteous and see the mind and heart, let me see your vengeance on them, for I have pleaded my cause before you. This passage of Scripture is Jeremiah's confession of having a near spiritual burnout moment. The Lord was with him. The Lord called him. He heard the voice of the Lord. He had visions from God. He had confidence in God. He knew the Lord's strength was with him. But he was burnt out and ready to quit preaching, to quit teaching, 
to quit making a public example of what righteousness is. Jeremiah's ministry is very special. You know, he was probably only a teenager when he started preaching. God raised him up during a very prosperous time in Israel, but it was also a very hypocritical time in Israel. Jeremiah was an early rising prophet. The Lord would wake him up in the morning and drive him to go and preach in the city of Jerusalem. You read the entire book. It is a book of conviction. It is a book of love for prophecy a love for the commandments of God, a love and a passion and a deep conviction to obey the laws of God. Jeremiah preached to bring backslidden Israel back to the covenant that he gave to the patriarchs. If you're dealing with spiritual burnout, I highly recommend you read the entire book of Jeremiah and the book of Lamentations and take notes. See how in what places Jeremiah's life applies to your life, and I'm confident that it will be a blessing to you. Jeremiah would preach in the early morning hours on the temple steps, and he talks about this in various places in his, in his prophetic writings. What the people were doing was they were embracing all of the pagan worship of the nations round about. They wanted to make the temple a unified place for all types of gods to be worshipped. And Jeremiah watched as the priests, the elders, all of the nobles of the land brought in the Canaanite gods and goddesses into the temple and defiled it and profaned it. They brought those idols in and performed horrible, despicable, detestable, abominable pagan rituals for these idols in the temple. And he's standing on the steps, preaching against that as they passed by. He then looked down into the valley of Hinnom, and he could see smoke arising from the valley over the city. You know where that smoke was coming from? A wicked, wicked form of worship to the idol Moloch. It was an idol that looked like a cow. What they did was when they would build that idol... They would build a small oven in the belly of that idol and they would offer their newborn babies as a burnt sacrifice to Moloch. They offered their children to this god, Moloch. And as those children were being sacrificed, the smoke would go up and Jeremiah could see the smoke of the burnt human sacrifice. That is the audience that he is preaching to every day to repent, to return to God. Every day he's getting up and doing this, preaching repent of your wicked ways, and they're still performing pagan rituals in the temple of God. He's preaching return back to the law of God while they take their children and burn those children to the idols of Moloch. After days and days of this, Weeks and weeks of this, months and months, year after year, seeing no change in the people. Jeremiah finally said, and he wrote, he said, I was in derision. The people mocked me. I was reproached. My enemies, my acquaintances, 
They stood and watched me, waiting for me to stumble, so they could take revenge upon me. Because of all of this, Jeremiah said, I'm not going to talk about God anymore. I'm going to let these enemies of mine go ahead and make their mistakes. I'm going to let this sovereign God have his way with them. I'm just going to go silent. I am going to hold back. And that right there is when Jeremiah's spiritual burnout happened. When he said, I'm going to hold back. He said, when I no longer spoke of the name of the Lord, I got weary. That is the first major cause of spiritual burnout. It's when you hold back. It's when you say, I'm no longer going to teach. I'm no longer going to preach. I'm no longer going to live a life as an example to others to see. I am just going to retract and have nothing to do with the lost. That is what leads to spiritual burnout. But he said, in my weariness, the word of God was inside of me like a fire. And I just had to keep on preaching. And he did. A lot of this burnout came to Jeremiah. I believe he was wanting to get results like great prophets of the past. He wanted to be like Moses. He wanted to be like Samuel. He wanted to be like Elijah to see magnificent signs, magnificent wonders. He wanted to see plagues happen. He wanted to see execution happen. He wanted to see fire come down from heaven, but he had none of those things. And he said in the passage we read that God tested me. God tested me. For many of us here today, our ministry is very similar to Jeremiah. We've heard from God. We don't doubt the call of God. We're getting up day after day and preaching to a pagan world, a people that are full of immorality, a people full of perversion that claim to be good, that claim to have a relationship with God. We watch as the so-called religious enter the temple only to have secret relationships that are not of God. They're fornicating, but still on the stage singing. They're in adultery, but still in the pulpit preaching. They're into all type of lewdness. They're into all type of immorality, yet they're still in the choir. And we've got to watch and live holy in the midst of all of that. We've got a world that is obsessed with perversion. A world that is completely corrupt with its morals. And we've got to stand and keep on preaching to that. We've got to keep on preaching in the midst of a world that glorifies abortion. They may not be offering their children in the bellies of Molech, but they're offering their children for their own life and their own belly. They're saying, I sacrificed my child for my own benefit. I couldn't have been the same actress that I am today if I hadn't aborted my baby. I couldn't be the same uh, musical artist if I hadn't aborted my baby. They may not be sacrificing it for Moloch, but they're sacrificing it for themselves. That is the world that we are living in right now. That is the world that we are preaching to. And we're standing on the temple steps 
getting up early, some of us, to do it, to live for righteousness. And some of us are thinking about quitting because we're not seeing the results. But can I tell you, God won't let you burn out that easy. His fire will burn inside of your bones. Jeremiah was not successful in gaining followers. He was not successful in having big numbers in revivals. He wasn't. His success came in his own spiritual survival in that wicked carnal world. That was God's test he put on him. Can you keep preaching? Can you keep living this even in the midst of a wicked world? And Jeremiah passed that test. But I want to read for you a prophecy that God gave him later on in his life. Jeremiah said, and this is speaking of the New Testament church, that would one day come hundreds of years after Jeremiah's death. The prophet said, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers, in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord, but this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and their sin I will remember no more. The words that Jeremiah spoke back then are speaking to this day. His prophecies are still being spoken from the temples of the church to this fallen world, this sinful world. The message is there. God wants to forgive you. God wants to save you. And he will, if you will just repent. Because Jeremiah did not quit, we have a witness and a testimony that you can make it. You can keep going. God will help you. Don't ever stop preaching. Don't ever stop getting up living a holy life. Because the Lord is with you. Another great cause for spiritual burnout is the temptation to be spectacular. Bishop Kenneth Reeves, who has already gone on to be with the Lord, wrote in his book about being spectacular, the book The Angels, the Demons, and the People, Volume 2, a book that I highly recommend you acquire and read. Brother Reeves talks about the temptation of Jesus when Satan brought him to the pinnacle of the temple and tempted him to jump off the temple. The Reeves writes that this was Satan's temptation to attempt to make the Lord to look supernatural and spectacular in the eyes of all of Jerusalem. He says there are ministers who have been used of God at one time but have gone far beyond the call of God. They did not literally jump off something, but they destroyed their life and ministry by trying to do fantastic things. The good became bad. Driven by a fantastic urge to go beyond others, they then burned themselves out. 
This is why God has reserved his power in his own hands. He will use those he will as much as he wants. That is good stuff right there. Burnout spiritually comes from trying to be too spectacular. And you think about it right now. The people who have burned out fantastic ministers, that is something they all had in common. Everything they did, it was never about God. It was all to be seen of men. That is what fueled them. It was to be seen of men. They didn't preach to please the Lord. They didn't lay hands on the sick to please the Lord. They did not perform miracles to please the Lord. They did it all to be seen of men. They were trying to be great. They were trying to be spectacular. This is a reminder to us that if any gift has come to you from God, you use that gift for his glory. To use it for your own glory is a sure sign you're headed for spiritual burnout. Because you know what's going to happen? The people that you minister to, they're not going to give you the glory. Because anybody with any sense knows that you can't heal anybody. They know you can't perform a miracle. They know it came from God. And you're going to get jealous of God's glory. And you're headed for burnout. You're headed for where Satan is going. That's what Satan wanted. He wanted to be spectacular. To ascend above the stars. To ascend way up high above the Most High God. And the Lord brought him down. Because he wanted to go beyond what God had called him to do. Let me tell you this. Fulfilling the call of God, not doing any less and not doing any more, there is so much fulfillment in that. That's really what it's all about. Pleasing the Lord. Having him say to us, well done, you good and faithful servant. There is so much pressure, I think, that we put upon ourselves to be successful, to be great, you know, to be the next Lee Stone King. I have heard so many guys say that. Literally will tell me, I want to be the next Lee Stone King. And most of the time I just kind of smile and not say much. But anymore now, as I approach the age of 40, I'm starting to speak up. I want to tell any of you that want to be the next Lee Stone King, you want to be the next David Bernard, you want to be the next Anthony Mangan, all of that. Let me tell you something. You want to know a secret? You're not going to be. There is never going to be another Lee Stone King. You want to know why? Because Brother Stone King... Never tried to be anybody else but Lee Stone King. Brother Bernard has never tried to be anybody else but Brother Bernard. Brother Mangan, same thing. He has always wanted to be just Brother Mangan. There's never going to be another Brother Stone King because Brother Stone King is the only Brother Stone King out there. You know what you need to try to be? Be the best you that you can be. Why be somebody else when you can be you? I want to be the best Justin Gleason that Justin Gleason can ever be. God did not call you to be somebody else. God called us to be individuals. God gave us each a unique calling, a unique gifting, and it's time we quit acting like somebody else and start acting like the person that God made us to be. You can learn from others. You can follow each other's examples. But God called you to be you. He didn't call Jeremiah to be Moses. He didn't call Jeremiah to be Samuel. 
He did not call Jeremiah to be Elijah. He called Jeremiah to be Jeremiah. Remember what Jesus told his disciples when he sent them out. He says in Matthew 10, Now whatever city or town you enter, inquire who is in it who is worthy, and stay there until you go out. And when you go into a household, greet it. If the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. If it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whoever will not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. This is a powerful disciple-making generation. Churches are having revival. Churches are having to build new buildings. We're having to meet in homes. We're meeting in coffee shops. We're going to multiple services. Revival is happening. But can I tell you this? Not everybody is going to say yes. Not everybody is going to believe. And Jesus tells us this. He said, you're going to go to some homes, and they're not going to like you. They're not going to listen to you. Does Jesus want to beat the, want us to beat the door down? Does Jesus want us to set their house on fire and force them to convert? No. You know what he's wanting us to do there? Is to simply be a witness of their response. Oh, yeah. I got a revelation of this last year. Bishop Mark Morgan preached about this. He said he was wondering why in a certain season of his ministry... He wasn't seeing the results that he hoped to see. And the Lord spoke to him and said, I didn't send you there to be a witness of their conversion, but rather I sent you there to be a witness of their wickedness. See, if we're not careful, if we're not having the numbers that we thought, that can easily burn us out spiritually. We think we're not pleasing God. If we're not seeing the miracles, if we're not seeing the signs, the wonders that the Bible speaks of, we think we've disappointed God. Understand this. The greatest thing you can do for God is to just simply find a house of peace. And if there's no peace in that house, pull your peace back to yourself and go on to the next house. People are going to say no. People are going to backslide. They are gonna leave and the best thing that you can do to please God is don't let their dust cling to you shake that dust off let that be a witness and a testimony against them meaning at the white throne judgment all the people that said no to you God's gonna bring them forward and they're gonna wonder God why are you sending me to hell and he's gonna bring out a witness he's gonna bring out you and you'll say, hey, I lived for God during your generation. I lived for God. Why couldn't you have lived for God? And if God needs another witness, he's going to bring out the very dust you shook off. And that dust, just like a rock can cry out, that dust is going to cry out. They rejected the Lord. Don't get burnt out if you're not getting the results. Shake off the dust and keep going and let the fires of God burn inside of you. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. It is easy and my burden is light. God is not putting unhealthy pressure on anybody. Oh, no. If you're feeling heavy, overwhelmed, it's probably not God. It's probably coming from you. 
You're trying to be too spectacular. You are trying to be something that you are not. And it just might be you're holding back what God really wants you to say. I want to leave you with this. 1 Peter chapter 5. Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Don't let Satan tempt you to be spectacular. Don't let the success of somebody else discourage you. Don't compare yourselves to them. And if God's put a word inside of you, stand on the steps. Tell the heathen what God says. Tell the wicked what God says. And watch God be pleased with you. This is Spirit Signal, podcast episode 007. I'm not trying to be James Bond. I'm trying to be Justin Gleason. Podcasting is the future, and I hope I have a future in it. We're taking the genre of religion and spirituality to another level.